type of I like. This the type of I like. This the type of I like. This the type of I like. Uh, this the type of I like. Dime a dozen. Traffic. Welcome back, welcome back everybody to episode 8 of the Dames Dropback Podcast coming to you on Apple, Spotify, and 104.9 The Horn. Uh, before I introduce my special guest, I must give a special shout out to the Hog Farmers Organization. It's founded by great people for a great cause. Uh, September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month and these folks work year round to bless children with cancer with experiences to help put their hearts at ease for the time being, you know, the real warriors of this world. I cannot pay my respects enough. God bless those who are dealing with this terrible illness. My heart and prayers go out to you all. On that note, I'm your host, Damian Bartonic, and today I have a very special guest via Zoom, one of my favorite football minds who knows the game inside and out. Ladies and gentlemen, I, enjoy, I am joined by my pro, by pro football focus zone. I can't even talk. I'm so excited. I'm joined, <laughs> I'm joined by pro football focus zone, Nick Ackridge. Nick, my man, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem, brother. I, I've talked with you on Twitter before. Uh, mm-hmm. Recently, I wrote a piece for Riggles Rag about kind of like that quarter, quarter half coverage uh, for Washington to run a little bit. Uh, we'll probably tap into that later on, but I'm really excited to have you, brother. Uh, I really, really am. And, uh, man, the floor is the floor is going to be yours on some of these questions because I just want to kind of hear you speak and just take notes, right, man. Sweet. So it's going to be tough. for hours. <laughs> Uh, I guess we'll kind of break into this real quick before we start, though. Uh, let the let the people know where they can follow you and find you on Twitter and all your work. Yeah, it's just Twitter. Uh, I'll put a bunch of content up, content up once the season starts. Uh, Game Pass kind of screwed me out of posting anything during the preseason with no All-22. Yeah. Um, but you can just find me at, uh, PF, at PFF underscore Nick Ackridge, um, A-K-R-I-D-G. And, yeah, that's about it. Just Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I'll go ahead and give him a follow. I love the stuff that he does. Him along with Mark Bullock, they're my two favorite. I've had Mark on the show. I had to get Nick on the show, so I'm really, really excited. And let's just get That's into this, good, man. It's a good one to follow. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Y'all are both – y'all are great followers for sure. Even if you don't like the Washington football team, if you just like football, you can learn a lot from these guys. So y'all, y'all get my respects and my, and my, my recommendation 100%. Uh, Appreciate it, man. We're going to go into this, this, this player, Curtis Samuel. Now, when I sent you the outline – it looked like mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel was going to return. That's what that's right. what it was looking like. But yeah. now we kind of know the groin is still lingering. I personally put on Twitter, I think it's time to sit him for, you know, the first two weeks. If anything, give him time until, you know, for the next three, four weeks and just let him really recover. Uh, my initial question was Curtis Samuel's return and his year one impact, given the fact that he's been injured, you know, what do you think it's going to be? Uh, now I guess I'm just going to change it to how are you feeling about this Curtis Samuel situation? Yeah, it sucks. I mean, soft tissue injuries are, are just like the worst to deal with because you never have a timetable for it. Um, and, and it's not like they can kind of practice and, and work out on the side and stuff like that. You have to completely shut them down. Um, so with him, I agree with you. I think you just have to shut him down for a couple of weeks and let him just completely uh, rehab that, that groin injury until he's 100%. Because if even if he's 75%, he's not the same player. Um, if he was playing, uh, he's just a matchup nightmare. Like everything he can present for an offense is just – it's just what every offensive coordinator dreams of, the way you can use him in motion. You can uh, set him up against certain man coverages, certain zone coverages. Just give him the ball in space, let him work. Um, use him in a, using him in the slot, you know, creates a bunch of, a bunch of nightmares for the defense to try to, try to figure out. Um, it, just, it just puts you at an advantage to have a player like him. Um, but, I mean, with, with these injuries, it's, yeah, it's tough. I don't know when we're going to see him. 
yeah, the the groin the groin's one of the worst injuries like that and like a hamstring for those yep. you know those twitchy guys. Even Ron Rivera's so soft tissue that. ones, man. Yep, yep, a hundred percent. And and that's why for me personally, when Curtis was signed, uh, not to say like I thought it was a bad deal, but I was just a little bit cautious just because hey, I think that he's best in the slot. I don't want Ron and them to use him on the outside. That's where I think he's best at. Uh, I talked to Mark uh, Bullock about this as well as well on my show, and you know now kind of seeing how it's all unfolding. I'm still fine with the signing. It's just the fact that I know a lot of Washington fans are like, oh, Paul Richardson again. Here we go again. He's not even the same. He's not even close to the same type of player. It's just yeah. they're just reminded of, of the injury issue. And yes. I mean, it sucks. He's your big signing. He's your big offensive signing for the year. And you just, you haven't, you, you don't know when you're going to see him. Like you don't yeah. have any idea when you're going to see him. So people instantly are going to call it a terrible signing. But I mean, on paper, it's a great signing. He's a great yeah, exactly. player. You just got to get him on the field. Exactly. And and I think they'll be able to use him well, just like the way that he should be as well. So, and he's mentioned it for, uh, before Curtis was mentioning it, I believe on Monday, uh, what was it Monday or Tuesday in his, in his, uh, in his, one of his press conferences, uh, basically kind of talking about how, you know, they could use him, how they could utilize him and this, that, and the third. So, I mean, I'm, I mean, you I can put him be, in the backfield, you can put him yep. in the slot, you can put him out wide, you can put him absolutely anywhere. And he and makes a difference. Create, yeah. It creates nightmares for the D coordinator. Yeah, just never that, know how to match up with him. And that's why I feel like, man, once you get him back, you're going to love it. But you got to really kind of be patient with this. Uh, I believe mm-hmm. someone said uh, they don't tell you at the Porsche dealer how much it costs to get uh, <laughs> how much maintenance costs or something like that, which is right. a great point. Like, it's, it's exactly. You know what I mean? No, so, it's it's true. I mean, I, that's a great comparison. <laughs> he, he is like a Porsche, but you got a lot of maintenance right now to deal with. Hey, thank God for me, brother. I got a Honda Civic, so I'm good. I don't know nothing about this. <laughs> I got a Ford. I got a 2006 Ford Fusion that I got when I was 16. Hey, it's still, still running, running perfectly. Still running. That's what I love to see. That's what I love to hear. But uh, let's go. Let's go to topic two here. You know, outside of the quarterback, you know, who do you feel is the biggest wild card for Washington this season? I think it's the entire O line. Okay. Um, I kind of went back and forth with the O line, and, and then maybe William Jackson. Um, but with this O line, you, you got so many new pieces. Uh, mm-hmm. So this line last year they weren't they weren't the greatest they weren't the best ever but all you need for from an offensive lineman is to continue to be average to above average you don't need incredible players on the offensive line you just need that continuity of from left tackle to right tackle the same people knowing who they can trust and and just kind of getting that continuity between them and when you kind of mess with that you you know you change the pieces around it gets a little scary for me I mean I've seen it happen with a lot of other teams one once one guy goes down, it doesn't just affect that position. It affects everybody else. Um, so you have that center and right guard combo with Scherf and Roulier, and that's going to stay the same. I just it, – it's hard for me to kind of trust Cosme. He looked great in preseason. Yeah. Uh, I was shocked with how he looked in preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just – it's tough to kind of trust that because I'm just scared of the continuity because yeah. uh, last year's guys, they looked great. It, it was some of the best we've seen in a while. Uh, I'm still upset about the Moses – uh, release I understand it mm. um, but I've always been a huge fan of him mm. I just think it, it's tough to kind of you know change out possibly three positions and, and you know expect the same sort of results so I, I think it's the entire O-line for me is what's yeah I would definitely agree with that as well uh, offensive line is going to be a huge deal this year I mean like you mentioned so many moving pieces I mean Cosme I was really really high on but I was also a guy who prior to the draft I was like hey he may need like a season to sit. <laughs> you I thought the I'm... same, but I mean, yeah. I was, I was shocked at him uh, in the preseason. He, he's just such a strong dude. I mean, oh, yeah. the way he can just kind of re-anchor, doesn't matter yeah. who's, who's, who's bull rushing him. He, he can just re-anchor and he's so good at that. 
he was surprisingly smart when dealing with stunts. I mean, I noticed a couple where he was a little off, but that's fine. It's preseason. You know, you work yeah. through that sort of stuff. Um, but he's a mauler in the run game and he's just strong as hell. So I, I was pretty impressed. I'm not really worried about the right side as much as I am the left side. Left side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just got two new pieces over there. I don't know who's going to start, who's going to play the majority of snaps throughout the season, but um, you just kind of hope that it, it stays the same as last year. Yeah, on the left side, I believe I was looking at the depth chart, and, and according to Washington uh, Football, like their website, uh, it's mm-hmm. Eric Flowers and Charles Leno. So I don't know yeah. how much you can, how much stock you put into that, but I mean, Flowers was cool with the old regime. You know, he worked really, really well in his last year. Uh, wasn't mm-hmm. like a Pro Bowl season, but it was it was adequate play. You can't be right. mad at and it. And that was that was Flowers' best season ever. Yes, and, and that's all you really want. You want somebody. And I know a lot of people hate our hate our O line grades, but our average is sixty. Like that's what you want your O line to be. You want everybody at or a little above sixty, and you have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Um, it's just such a hard position. I think it's the toughest position besides quarterback. Just everybody on that O line because you have to deal with some of the greatest athletes in the world. And you're going backwards. Like it's yes. the same with corner. You had to yep. deal with all these incredible athletes, but you're doing it backwards. Yep. So I think it's one of the toughest positions. It's one of the most underlooked position ever. And just kind of toying with it scares me. Now I think they have, I think they've upgraded. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they've upgraded on that left side of the line. Um, I did like Schweitzer a lot, but I think they've upgraded. I'm just a little scared with new pieces. I think one thing that they did do offensively on that line is they got a little bit more athletic. Uh, just kind of my personal opinion with Cosme, I feel like Flowers can really move really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not like I understand uh, where you're coming from as well. I think there is small improvements like you mentioned, uh, but yeah, they need to be moving as one unit whenever it's time yeah. to you know play the real games. I think my biggest thing was just like there's definitely improvements there, but was it enough of an improvement to kind of mess with that continuity? Exactly, kind of I feel you. I feel you like getting up, moving off of Moses and, you know, this, that, and the third, I definitely get you on that. Right. Um, I would say for me, the biggest wild card, if it's a specific player, um, not to like kind of down talk him. Cause I've, I haven't done it a lot this off season, but I've definitely had my concerns be known as Landon Collins. I, I think that's my biggest wild card, not necessarily because I don't think he's a good player, but because he gets paid this amount and you need to have him on the field because he is, he's too good to not, you know, play him essentially. Uh, but Cam Curl is also very good as well. You want to make sure you can play him as well. Mm-hmm. You have guys like Kendall Fuller who you need to play, um, you know, who you've paid as well as William Jackson third. And I like Benjamin St. Juice. I think he's a guy who needs to play as well. So you can run those five DBs. But my big my concern is how are you going to use Landon Collins? Because you don't want to use him in a traditional uh, two deep look or anything like that. In my personal opinion, you want to get him downhill uh, whenever he is in coverage, get him downhill, have him moving. And that's kind of where I believe he works best. But for me, Landon Collins is the biggest wild card because he can be that piece to take this defense. It's already, you know, elite as it is. He can mm-hmm. take it over the top, in my opinion. So that's where I feel like Landon Collins is the biggest wild card. I want to see what he can do this year. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think he's he's a huge wild card. I mean, he kind of always has been throughout his career. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm terrified. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> last year, last year I was so high on him. I thought he'd be, I thought he'd fit in so well in this Del Rio scheme. I thought they played a lot more man coverage than they did last year. Hmm. Uh, I thought he'd be that, that perfect kind of hole player where, you know, you have one deep safety and he's coming in hole player, middle of the field, you know, just laying hits on people coming across the middle. Um, But they played a lot of two high looks. Uh, They played a lot of cover four. They were top, top five, top 10, I think in the league in, in in quarters looks. Um, They didn't play a lot of that cover six quarter, quarter, half look that you're Mm -hmm. talking about. Yeah. But the majority of their coverages were cover three and cover four. That's what they use majority of the time. Uh, this this preseason, 
They've used a lot of man coverage. Now, I don't know if that's just a preseason thing. You don't want to get too crazy with it. Mm. Um, but I do think they'll use a lot more man coverage. And I don't know where you put him in that situation. Yeah. He, he struggled at times against those more athletic tight ends. He struggled against slot receivers. Um, I don't know. I'm just terrified. <laughs> I'm yeah. absolutely terrified of what he can do, good and bad. Yeah. And I, if I remember correctly, Mark Bullock, he wrote a piece about when, and when Washington's in that kind of that single high look, he could be the plugger and cover one. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. I don't remember seeing him do that often at all. I mean, we didn't see a lot of him last year, but just in totality, kind of when, when you look at a player like him, there's a lot more bad than there is good in coverage. So I yeah. think it's really tough to kind of put someone like him in a winning position because that's what you want to do ultimately. Mm-hmm. Last year, Last year, there were there was just a ton of coverage busts when he was part of that 2D look. Yes. Um, it was him and Curl back there, and Curl stepped up, played the nickel a couple times. But when he was back there, just cover two, you know, defending the half of the field, he, he just getting turned around too easily, just doesn't really know where he was going. Um, and then the injury obviously happened. But yeah, with the NFL is kind of moving more towards a too high look. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just kind of the new, the new defensive wave. The Rams and Brandon Staley has made it uh, more and more popular. But Washington played a lot of too high, so I don't know how you can not play him there, if that makes yeah. sense. I mean, he obviously is not going to be a linebacker. He's shown that. And in the preseason, they show him they're not playing him there. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, but, yeah, I just – I don't know what you do with him. Yeah. I really don't. Uh, one last thing on Landon College I'd like to get your opinion on. If they – you know, you mentioned that they play a lot of man coverage uh, in the preseason. Let's say they kind of go towards more of that kind of that single high look. Do you think Landon can have success as that kind of plugger in cover one, or do you think they need to do something else to kind of move him around? Or what do you think they should do? I do think that's probably the best case scenario for him Mm -hmm. um, because you don't get him matched up on one man and you can kind of let him read the quarterback's eyes, come downhill, work downhill and and find players. He's so good at reacting to sort of things like that. Once he sees something happen, once he sees something happen, he's shot out of a cannon. Uh, we all saw that play in the preseason where he's coming downhill, comes out of nowhere, Blast. and he's a huge hit. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. an incredible play because I remember it. It was like Curl was matched up on the tight end on the backside. Mm. The tight end's running across or across the field. Curl gets picked by like eight different people. Mm-hmm. Landon comes out of nowhere, lays a huge hit. That's where I think he's at his best, where he can sort of read and react. Yeah. Um, but when, you, when you're matching him up against people that are just more athletic than him, quicker, it, it's going to be tough. So uh, I think the best place for him to be is – that whole player. And a lot of times in these two high looks, you are sort of reacting and you're reading routes and you're yeah. basically matching up with players based on the way they release and stuff like that. Um, so he can come downhill and, and, and lay those hits like he's good at. But I do think that whole player, that robber sort of technique is where he would be best. Yeah. We'll, we'll end it there on Landon Collins, but I love the dialogue there. Landon Collins, man, I'm really excited. I hope he can figure it out. I hope they can yeah. kind of figure it he out. He just burned me last year, man. I was yeah. so high on him. <laughs> it's tough for me to go all in on him again. He yeah. Me. Yeah. No. And it was tough because I mean, his first year, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't put much stock into it because there's worst, worst situation possible. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of get him in this system and you're like, man, this is kind of looking even worse. The two deep stuff was what really worried me. Cause like mm-hmm. you mentioned, it's a lot of re- read and react stuff. And yep. I felt like he'd actually be somewhat good at that. Like somewhat decent I at that. Too. Everything but, you saw from him when he was in New York, you thought he would sort of thrive on that. Um, I don't know if he's just getting up there in age and sort of these injuries are slowing him down, but he looked great in preseason. Yes, he did. And I'm not going to go crazy on him, but I, yeah. I just kind of hope he can turn it around. Oh, yeah. And we'll end it there on Landon, and we'll start here with some little bit of rookie talk. Uh, we're, we're only going to have one you know, topic about the rookies, and 
I mean, I'm excited to watch these guys. I've mentioned Benjamin St. Juice and Sam Cosby, mm-hmm. right? Well, two that I haven't talked about is Deami Brown and Jamin Davis. So out of, you know, Deami, Ben St. Juice, uh, Cosme, and Jamin Davis, out of these four, who do you believe will have the biggest impact in year one? I think it's St. Juice and Deami Brown. One okay. on defense, one on offense. Okay. St. Juice, he came out of nowhere. I, I didn't I didn't scout him pre-draft. I didn't. I knew nothing about him pre-draft. Um, but then you just kind of look up the athletic testing, just the way he's built. I mean, he's built like a basketball player. That yeah. wingspan is crazy. Um, and it allows him, it's, it's sort of like Sherman. It allows him to just kind of, even if he's beat, he can always be in the play. And I think that's what the coaches have loved. And starting him on the outside as a third round rookie is a huge step. I mean, and if he can just sort of be okay, like he does not need to be Kendall Fuller, William Jackson, he doesn't yep. need to be that. He just needs to be good enough. Yep. Um, and, and I think he can be. So for the defense, I think it's easily him um, and offense, De'Ami Brown. Because, I mean, with Curtis Samuel going down, he's he's the number two receiver. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't – there's no other way to put it. And he was one of – he was my favorite pick of the draft. I don't know how he slid to the fourth round. He's <laughs> a deep threat. He's a monster down the field. So, you know, you just got Fitzpatrick throwing him. I don't see how he doesn't get multiple deep targets a game. I mean, I just think he's so good at that. So, um, I think he he's a huge – Huge key to the offense, um, and the St. Juice is a huge key for the defense. Oh, I agree 100%. I love the Benjamin St. Juice love. I actually looked him up a little bit uh, prior to the draft. I have him, I had him mocked to Washington once, uh, and really? my kind of big deal was just – it was in the third round as well, but with pick 74. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, the main thing that stood out to me was, like, he just seems like a long, rangy corner. Like, that's what right. – that's, You, that's you kind don't of the, find those sort of tools very often. Yes. Yes. So I think once they then once they saw him there, and, and I 100% agree with the pick now, but I just didn't know anything about him. I don't have the time oh, yeah. to kind of, you know, go through every single prospect oh, yeah. like I want to. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I see why they picked him. I think he could be a great fit in this defense. And that length, that length, I won't stop talking about it. It's a huge problem. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really enticing, man. It just kind of makes you think like, man, if he can kind of put it together, you're mm-hmm. looking at someone who could be a really good player uh, in this yep. league, not only for Washington, but in his position group, he could be an elite player. Um, I agree with De'Ami Brown as well. I think Sam Cosme is going to have a really solid year, man. Mm-hmm. I, I just – I loved what I saw. I loved the athletic profile coming out. I was like, man, uh, I believe y'all had him listed at 6'7", 314. And I was like, this dude can move. I mean, flat yeah. out move. And I remember um, after they drafted him, John Kime talked to – I believe it was one of his coaches. And they wanted to actually get more weight on him back at Texas. And I believe they want to do the same thing uh, at, at in Washington. So if you're as long talking as you about keep him as a great of an athlete as he yep. is, get as much weight on him as you can. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's why I think, man, he could have the potential he, and he might not be great in weeks one, two, and three, but I think he can kind of really close the year out strong. Uh, like I mentioned before, I thought he was someone who might've needed, you know, a season to sit, but he looked ready. I mean, he looked NFL ready in the preseason. So might as well throw him out there. Uh, and then in terms of Jamin Davis, man, I know all of Washington football Twitter loses their minds after every player, that was right? A fun one to watch. That, yeah, the that Damon Davis talk was a fun one to watch. <laughs> that one really, I mean, it bothered me, but I still think he's going to have a good year. Um, but not to say it bothered me because I don't really care, but it's just that it's like, come on, guys! Like if y'all if y'all watched or talked about him prior to the draft, you knew he was a traits and tool guy, kind of as of day one. And later on, he's going to progress and he'll be better and better throughout he's his gonna, career. He's going to struggle. He's going to yes. struggle mightily yes. this year. And people aren't going to like it. They're going to start hating PFF when he gets these grades in the 30s and 40s. And I, and I release those sort of things. And they're going to come <laughs> on my neck for it. But you just got to realize that he's going to struggle. He was crazy athletic, toolsy sort of linebacker that can rely on his athleticism, you know, mm-hmm. to beat linemen, to, to get to the point of attack quickly. But 
the NFL, it's a, it's a different the home of the ball you take game. One, you take one false step. You see a pulling guard, you take one false step the opposite way, you're screwed. You're done. Yep. You're completely out of the play. There's no mm-hmm. hope of you coming back. Yep. Um, so I, I thought it was – I thought it would have been huge if you could play the Ravens because uh, their run concepts, the way they run the ball is some of the trickiest things to sort of ID from a linebacker perspective when you've got guards coming this way, tight ends pulling this way, misdirection yep. going this way, Lamar going that way. <laughs> um, I thought it would have been awesome if he could have played in that game. Obviously, Ron's smarter than I am, so he knows what he's doing. But, yeah, he, he's going to struggle, and people just kind of need to embrace that. Oh, 100%. And that's why you, you take the good with the bad, especially with a player like him, because you know, hey, this guy has really does have potential. He re- he improved, you know, throughout his time in college, uh, his one-year production. Mm-hmm. It was only one year. So you have to expect, like, hey, he's going to need time. Like, give him some time. And that's why I felt, too, after they after they drafted him, I had uh, Ari Temkin on the show, and I told him, I was like, man, I think Jamin's going to be a guy that, it's not one of the like typical linebacker positions where some people are like, either you have it or you don't. I think with in Jamin's case, you can give him the benefit of the doubt, give him some time uh, because I think there's just so much potential there. He fits what Ron wants to do and you're getting coached by two ex linebackers. So I right. mean, you can't, you can't be coached by anybody better than who he's got right now. I think exactly. we'll look back in a couple of years and it's either going to be, uh, we're going to be either laughed at for the pick or it's going to look at one of the, one of the best first round picks we've had ever because uh, I you agree. can sort of get those tools all to match together and get the, you know, just get him to understand what he's looking at. Um, I, I think he can be one of the best linebackers in the NFL. 100%. And I'm going to leave it one more on Jameis here. Uh, with Jameis, look at me. I'm, I got words. I'm Winston, spending huh? everything. I was, <laughs> I was literally just writing my season predictions, and I was talking about Jameis Winston, like, you know, prior to the show. So this got to be I don't all blame you for that. Jameis and Davis, that kind of flows together. So <laughs> uh, with, with Jameis Davis, man, yeah, I just think patience is going to pay off here with him. And um, yeah, I mean, one thing, one thing that I'll end with is, you know, that he's going to work hard. That's one thing that everyone talks about is work ethic. So I'd much rather him be putting in all the time. And if it fails, Hey, it's not because he didn't work hard. So, right. you know, it is what it is. Uh, but I would definitely be encouraged if I'm a Washington football fan. Don't, don't spaz out here. It's all just, good. Just wait, people. Just, just wait. wait on it. <laughs> uh, let's talk more about the defense here. Uh, you know, on the back end, are you anticipating another leap from Cameron curl or has he reached his peak in terms of his level of play? I don't think you could ever really say someone's reached their peak after a rookie uh-huh. season. I think okay. it's just tough to say that. Um, I do think this is kind of where he's going to level out throughout his career. I think you could see a sort of slight upward slope in, in sort of what he's doing with his play. Again, I'm scared uh, because he took over Landon Collins' role and played incredible. Yeah. And you're kind of moving him back to that, that deep safety role. And I'm a little nervous. That's not where he was best last year. I, I liked him up near the line of scrimmage, just like Landon Collins was, but mm. Um, I think this is kind of who he is as a player. Uh, I wouldn't say it's his peak because, like I said, you can just kind of see that upward slope. But um, I think he's just going to be one of just the most solid and consistent players on this defense. Yeah, and I agree with that, too. I, and when I when I structured that question, I forgot the context kind of gets lost there. I really kind of meant, like, is this the player that we expect? Like, is this kind of yeah. what you believe he's going to be? That makes more sense. And you, yeah, 100%. And you, you answered yeah. it. Yeah, correct. And I, and I agree with you on that as well. Um, I think this is kind of the player we're going to see. I mean, what I was, I was really impressed with was his work in the slot. I know John Kime talked about how he had a lot of, uh, a lot of reps at corner uh, back when he was in college, if I remember correctly. So I love that. I love the versatility. Ron loves position yep. flex. We hear it about all the time, position flex, position flex. Yeah. Blah, blah, I love blah. it because the way, <laughs> way Del Rio runs his defense is he likes to disguise a lot of things. So you mm-hmm. can have curl come matched up in, in, in like the slot there and kind of backpedal him into a two deep look. You can have him in a two deep look, come work it downhill. You can mm-hmm. have him, basically anywhere and he knows what he's going to do. And that's kind of what 
what's been key for this defense. Like you've seen it with Kendall Fuller. He can play out wide in the slot. He can play deep. Uh, you've seen it with Landon Collins. You can, you've seen it with Cameron Curl. St. Juice is the same. Um, so it's all about that positional flexibility, like you said. And it's just, I think this is who he's going to be throughout his career. Just one of the most solid players on the defense. Yeah, I, I love I love the Cameron Curl stuff, man. It was he was such a pleasant surprise. I mean, I knew nothing about him. I knew yeah, absolutely nothing about I, him. Neither did I. I was shocked whenever he was actually started playing really well. I was like, man, this seventh round pick. And you kind of were like, man, maybe he has one or two games. Now he's strung together like a good seven, eight, nine game stretch where you're like, wow, mm-hmm. this dude can be I, something. Last year, last year in our draft guide that uh, Mike Renner and Austin Gale do, Mike had a um, a quote on him. I think it was. Uh, He's the jack of all trades, but the master of none. So, like, he's yep. not great at anything, but he's just good, really good at everything. Yep, exactly. And I think that's the perfect way to describe him because he's not going to be the greatest player at his position throughout his career, but he is going to be above average to average at every single spot you put him in, which is incredible value. Exactly. And especially for a defense like Washington's that has that great front. Man, I mean, if you have a bunch of, play- a bunch of players who are just versatile and can do a little bit of everything – you got to love it, man. I mean, you can't you can't be upset at that. He just fits so well with what you're doing. And no matter what you do, you know what I mean? So now I am concerned a little bit, like you said, with the, with the deep safety stuff. I don't know how comfortable I am, you know, being that that, you know, that only that middle fielder. I don't know how good I feel about it, uh, but it's tough to see to see how well he played in that certain position and be like, nah, we're going to move you to a different one. Yeah, but man. I don't know how this defense is going to look. There's a lot of different pieces. So. I don't think they're going to use him as just strictly that deep, deep mm. safety. They did it a lot with Landon where they kind of, they showed that too high look and then mm. one of them rotated down, one of them stayed up and they just kind of flipped that. So you never know who's going to be rotating where. Um, so I, I, I'll slow down the thing where I'm concerned about it, but um, yeah, I just love Landon or Camp Curl. <laughs> Camp Curl, yeah. I had, I had a Landon uh, question next, but we talked about him so much. I'm going to transition mm-hmm. to something. Uh, with kind of, we've been talking about kind of coverages and how they're being used and this, that, and the third. Uh, last year, you were mentioning about how, you know, Washington ran a ton of cover four, cover three. This year, do you think that you're going to be able to tell, like, hey, Washington ran a ton of this or ran a ton of that? Or do you think it's going to be more of a mixed bag? You're going to see a lot of, uh, of just a kind of a, a good balance of a little bit of everything? Or what are you anticipating? Because you mentioned it's going to be tough. It's going to be mm-hmm. really tough to, to anticipate or think, hey, you know, this defense is going to be like this when man, they got so many different players with different play styles and different strengths. Right. We had a great piece on PFF. I'll keep plugging PFF. Go ahead. uh, ahead. um, We had a great piece kind of showing that teams that run certain coverages in the preseason, Mm. that's what they're going to do throughout the season. Like they don't, what they show you in the preseason is usually what you're going to get in the regular season. And what we saw in the preseason is a jump in man coverage and sort of the same with cover four and cover three. So I think you're going to just see those sort of coverages. And obviously there's different schemes within those coverages. Yeah. Quarters coverage is just a giant blanket statement for (laughs) two high looks. Yeah. It's just split field coverages are insane. Um, So just to say cover four, it's not just, you know, four guys getting deep. Yeah. Um, But I think you'll see a lot more man coverage. That's why they got William Jackson and every defensive coordinator wants to be able to just play man coverage. Yeah. You can do that that's all you ever want to do. And it, with this front four, this, these linebackers, you just need man coverage for just long enough. That's all yep. you need. And if you can play man coverage and with one deep safety behind somebody playing in the hole, blitzing, whatever you want, I think this defense takes the next level. If you can consistently get man coverage. Um, now cover three is one of the favorites of every defensive coordinator ever. Um, <laughs> there's a ton <laughs> of cover three looks, a lot of variations within those. Uh, Washington was, 
again, top of the list and, and cover three ran last year, same with cover four. So I think you'll see a lot more of the similar uh, with just a lot more man coverage on it. Yeah, no, that'd be a, that'd be an awesome, awesome thing to see is a little bit more man. I would mm-hmm. love to see that. I just want to see, man, I just keep talking about, I want to see landing, landing Collins in that role. Like we were mentioning in that cover one role. Like I just want to see him. Cause I, I, I'm still holding out hope, man. I'm still holding hey, out. Good for you, man. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> that I ship has sailed for am. me. <laughs> and, and bro, and, I'm, and trust me, my brain is telling me like, chill, but my heart is telling me like, nah, do it, do it, do it. So I've done that why... so many times, man. <laughs> I've kind of like distanced myself from, you know, being a true fan of this team, which kind of sucks, but yeah. I've distanced myself so I can kind of be a little less biased in how I see things, yeah. um, which, which helps my analysis of the team, but it sucks because I don't have that same feeling towards players like I did before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I 100% understand why you want Landon to take that next step because I mean, just the money you're paying him, you want to see yeah. him take that step. And that's what I'm saying is, is I know if Landon can take that next step, this defense will be even better. But man, yeah. I mean, I can talk, I can talk for hours about Landon Collins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he's he's just such an interesting player, and if you can unlock that full potential, like we saw that one year in New York, then man, sky's the limit for this defense. Yeah, it's yeah, and, and I believe I believe too. Again, shout out to Mark Bullock. He wrote a piece about how I believe in in Collins's Pro Bowl year in New York. They ran a lot of like that quarters coverage, that cover four, the mm-hmm. uh, kind of a cover four quarters look, and uh, Collins played well. So I'm kind of yeah, like because with that sort of look, you can have him kind of iding route combinations, and he's mm-hmm. he's a smart player. He's a very smart player, and you can see it the way he reads and reacts things with those sort of route combinations. If he just kind of gets out of his own head a little bit um, and just sees ball, hits ball sort of yeah. thing. Like know what you're looking at and go after it. Don't be hesitating, all that sort of stuff. I, I saw it a lot uh, last year before he got injured. He's just, he's hesitant. Like yeah. when he, he's dropping deep in a, in a cover two look, he's just hesitant. He doesn't really trust what he sees. Um, and if he can just kind of trust his eyes and just, just go hit the damn ball. I mean, that'd be <laughs> so much fun to watch. Yeah, well, all right, all right. This is for real. Now I'm gonna stop at the. I'm left. telling you, I can go for hours. I can go Bro, for hours. I, I feel that because I, I, dude, he he is very interesting as a player with with that skill set. Like, he just kind of keeps you like like wanting more, and you're like, man, I know there's more in there. I know, I know, I know. That's I just, why I, was, I, I love watching safeties. I love yep. safety play because it's, I think it's something that's so hard to kind of um, analyze and kind of pinpoint who's doing what well mm-hmm. and whatnot. I just think it's so much fun to kind of just just recognize and constantly watch. That's why I love Cameron Curl last year. He was one of my favorite players, had some of my favorite plays. Um, but, yeah, I can talk, talk about safeties for hours. <laughs> hey, I'll definitely have you back on. We'll talk none of the safeties. Probably, cool, cool, like, cool. after the year, I'll probably have you. We'll, we'll do the same thing. Uh, <laughs> but let's, let's close here on the totality of the team and, you know, just kind of predictions and all that good stuff. Um, I'm going to talk about a specific position group here. You know, which position group for Washington has the most approved this season? I think it, it, it's O-line again. I think it's similar okay. to that, that other question. I think it's okay. if you can get that consistency along that O-line like you had last year and they can just be above average again, then, again, you can have a much, much better offense with it with a quarterback like Fitzpatrick. Like We know Fitzpatrick is going to do Fitzmagic stuff and Fitztragic mm-hmm. stuff, all the, all the stuff that you kind of want and hate from him. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can – you trust him back there. He's a smart enough guy. He knows what he's doing. So if you can get that above average O-line play again, I, the offense is just going to be – going from bottom of the league to, I think, middle of the pack. And that's all you really want from this team, from this offense. You want them to get creep back towards average, and that's back up in the the half, middle part, top half of the league. And it's crazy because that's literally all this team needs is just average Mm -hmm. play. Like, that's that's it. They ranked, I believe, 32nd in pass DVOA, 32nd in pass EPA. Like, 
any analytics stat you want to look at, Washington was the worst when it comes mm-hmm. to passing offense. Yeah, and, and, our, and our analytics guys are they're kind of they're huge on Washington. Some are some are a little lower on Washington mm-hmm. because it's tough to repeat that defensive performance. Mm-hmm. They've seen throughout the years that defense is not consistent. Yeah, like consistent defenses is hard to find, and they were top three defense last year easily. Yeah, and to get that again, they're going to creep back towards average. They probably won't be top five. I know some fans might not like to hear that, but it's just kind of how it works. And if you can kind of keep them in that same top 10 range, top five range and get that offense to creep back towards average, then you're looking great. And you're looking at a team that can contend. Yeah. Because like I said, I believe that they have the potential to be an elite unit and we've talked about Atlantic Collins and they're still, still we're going back to him. (laughs) They're still (laughs) still going to need, we're still going to need a lot to, they're still going to need a lot to go right in order to go to, you know, maintain being top three. But like you mentioned, if they're a top eight, top 10 defense and their Mm -hmm. offense is just average, literally Mm -hmm. just average, Washington's going to be in a good spot. Yeah, and I think you're going to see them struggle a little bit more on defense, and it's going to surprise some people just because mm-hmm. they won the division last year. So you're playing the best of the best. Exactly. And you're playing some really great quarterbacks like Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, all these guys. You're playing oh. them all again. I oh, mean, yeah. it's going to it's gonna be a struggle at times. So you need that offense to just be decent. What are your expectations for the football team this season in terms of record? Whatever expectations you have, I don't. I'm not – Limiting you, whatever your expectation, just throw it out there. Yeah, the fan in me wants to say Super Bowl or bust, but <laughs> I kind of, I kind of hinted at it earlier. I'm a little, I've kind of pulled myself back from the fanhood a little bit and kind of just yeah. sort of looked at this team as like an analyst, an outside analyst that's just kind of projecting where this team's going to be. And I think they do compete for the division title. I just, the Giants, I think, are going to be a little bit better than people think. I think the Eagles are going to be atrocious, mm-hmm. uh, and the Cowboys, again, they're always overhyped. That's how they are all the all the time, and they're. Cowboys are going to be right around that eight, nine wins. Mm. And I think that's where you see Washington. And if you can kind of stay around that eight wins, eight, nine wins, nine and seven, or sorry, nine and eight, I'm never going to get used to that. If you can get them to nine and eight, that's an incredible season. And I think that does win the division. So um, I think that's where they finish. I think somewhere in that seven to nine range. Um, But yeah, I I think it all also depends on how bad this division can be. Sometimes you might just need eight wins. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I think uh, I, I I did my little season prediction things on my podcast page, uh, and I had Washington and Dallas both at nine and eight. With Washington, I don't know how it, the numbers evened it out. They had the yeah, same. I don't understand how any of that works, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know how, but they had Washington winning the division. It makes no difference to me. Both were in the playoffs. Um, I think just both at nine and eight. Dallas's defense, I'm I'm not a buyer on whatsoever. But and everyone's talking about their offense. Their offense is great. Their offense was yeah. great when Dak was playing. I love Dak Prescott. I didn't, didn't think I'd ever say that about a Cowboys player, but I love <laughs> Dak Prescott. Oh yeah. Um, but that defense is still a mess. I mean, I, yep. I don't, I don't see how we expect anything different from them. So yeah, the, uh, I think that defense being a, a terrible and Washington's defense being great is going to kind of keep them in the same, same region of wins. Yeah, I agree. That's why, like for me, that's exactly, exactly that because. Dan Quinn, I don't know why, like, literally, I've seen so many people say they got Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn. I'm like, mm-hmm. brother, we just saw Dan Quinn Dan was a great D coordinator, but he yeah. also, when he was a great D coordinator, he was with the Seahawks and he had some of the best players you'll ever see. I mean, yeah, exactly. Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, KJ Wright, when he was at the top of his game, Bobby Wagner, all these yeah. players. And he doesn't have that Studs. same sort of personnel. And defense coordinators can be great. They can be extremely smart and sound in what they're doing. But if you don't have the players, it, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, like like the saying goes, got to have the horses, man. And now mm-hmm. they don't they don't have they don't have the horses in Dallas, mm-hmm. like, and they may be cowboys, but they they don't got no horses. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now, just for real though, I, I think Dallas, yeah, they're they're gonna probably be an eight nine win team. 
nine and eight. Washington, same boat. Um, and a big part of that is because of Fitzpatrick. Uh, I like we know Fitz tragic and Fitz magic. We'll get a little mm-hmm. bit of both. Um, but it'll literally come down to whether this offense can just be average. So that word a million times on Twitter, on articles, mm-hmm. it doesn't like it just needs to be average. And Washington can win eight, nine, ten games. Uh, I know Mitch Tisser's talking about maybe win 11 or 12. I think he's a little crazy for that one. If that's going to happen, you need Fitzmagic all 17 games. <laughs> yeah, you're going to do a uh, lot. I don't of think you can expect that from him, but <laughs> that's that's on the high end of this team or where I yeah. think this team could be the very, very high end. If everything goes perfectly. And another thing that people aren't really talking about last year is we had an incredible amount of luck with injuries. Good luck yeah. with injuries. Oh, yeah. We had Matt Ioannidis and Landon Collins, but we had somebody easily step up for Collins, easily step up. You don't for really I- even need somebody to step up for Ioannidis yep. because he's already part of a three-headed monster. But, yep. um, yeah, you just need the, that same injury luck because injuries can derail an entire team an entire season quickly. Oh. So, um, And that injury luck might not be the same. We've seen it in the past. Washington yep. hasn't had the best injury oh, luck. Oh, Keep yeah. that injury luck around that same area, then, then I think, again, you're competing for a division title. Yeah, I agree 100%. Now, I'm going to end on this. I, you know, you Landon said Collins. Nah, see, look at you, brother. <laughs> Bro, it just, you just want to talk about it. I feel the same I know, way. I know, I know. <laughs> but now, when it's all said and done, man, right? I know you said seven, eight, nine win range. What do you believe their record will be? Do you think they're a playoff team? Do you think they make the playoffs? Do you think they win the division? What do you think? I'll go eight and nine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Eight and nine. I'll go eight and nine. Um, eight and nine. I think they win the division that way. Um, and again, okay. once you get in the playoffs, if you get the best of Fitzpatrick, you can go a long way. Um, <laughs> yeah. You really can. Like, I mean, yep. Yep. as crazy as it sounds to hear that, if you get the best of Ryan Fitzpatrick, like those first four games a couple of years ago when he was playing for Tampa he had some of the highest grades we've ever given to a quarterback. Yeah. He, when he came out with the, the Deshaun Jackson look, he yep. was playing – that was the best he's ever played in his career. And if you can sneak into the playoffs and get that Ryan Fitzpatrick, you can you can carry that a long way. Yeah. I think for me, you said 8-9. I'm going to flip it and just go 9-8. and eight. Um, Man, I, I think it's, it's, really, it's really close, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't see them winning, winning 11 games. 10 games, I think, yeah, you need a lot of Fitz magic there. Uh, but I think nine and eight is kind of pretty fair. I mean, the schedule is going to be difficult, too. We yeah. mentioned the quarterbacks from Rodgers, Herbert, Mahomes, Brady. Uh, that's just I tough. about Mahomes again. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. That's not going to be fun. Is that the first – I think it's the first time Washington's played Mahomes, I think. Because last time they played so. the Chiefs, uh, Alex was that quarterback. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a really tough schedule. Uh, I think the Giants and the Cowboys, they'll probably split with them. Uh, so yeah, I'm thinking nine and eight, uh, in the playoffs at nine and eight, whether it's a division or in the wild card, uh, I got three teams from the NFC West, uh, making it the Niners, Rams and Seahawks. So they're going to eke in barely, just barely, mm-hmm. but I think uh, yeah. either Washington That's or Dallas. That's kind of where I see it as well. Yeah. You just kind of need to stay around that. Again, we say average, you got to stay around yeah. that average, that win loss record. And I think you can find your way in, into the playoffs. So my man, my man, Nick has eight and nine. I got nine and eight, both. I believe we're in the playoffs. You said playoffs just by the division, right? Mm-hmm. They're winning the division. I'll, I'll do my own like sort of uh, like standings and whatnot on and figure it out, see if eight and nine is good enough. But I think it, I think it should be good enough to, to kind of sneak them in. Okay. And that's, that's all we got, guys. I'm going to go ahead and kick it to my man, Nick, to kind of let y'all know where to find him. 
but that's all we have for today, man. I'm honored to have you, brother. It was really, really fun. Landon yeah, Collins, dude, we're going to <laughs> hey, talk about Landon Collins for all, all season long. First, the first thing I ever, I've ever, you know, mentioned you on Twitter was about Kelvin Harmon. That's whenever, like, you first followed me, I first followed you was because you were talking about Kelvin Harmon like two years ago. And we were talking mm-hmm. about how he could potentially be like a rotational, like a solid rotational piece. Shout mm-hmm. out Ke- Kelvin Harmon, even though you didn't make the 53. Still, you know what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. pour one out for my brother, but yeah, man. Um, awesome. You're an awesome dude, bro. Love all your stuff. And yeah, let the people know where to find you. Appreciate it, man. I had a, I had a blast, man. I, like I said, I, I'll talk safeties for as long <laughs> as you ever want me to. But uh, uh, again, it's just Twitter, PFF underscore uh, Nick Ackridge. That's where you find all the stuff. And once, once the NFL starts releasing that all 22 that I can post, you'll be seeing a, a ton more content. Um, just talking about everything, probably a lot of safety talk, uh, yeah, a lot of defensive yeah. talk. I love this. I love watching this defense play. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. Already y'all, y'all go ahead and follow me at DA Bartonic. That's at D A B A R T O N E K. Check out all the links for the Spurs coverage, Washington football team, tech state sports, all that good stuff. Uh, go follow PFF, subscribe to them. If you're a student, that's how I have it because they got 50% off. They take mm-hmm. care of us. All those numbers, those crazy numbers that you see in my in my my articles, a lot of it comes from PFF. So shout out to my guys over there. And uh, till next time, guys, thank y'all. Shout out to the hog farmers one more time. And uh, that's it, y'all. Peace. <laughs>